Hey, this is Alex with the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify so you can catch every new episode that we post. Also, follow us on Twitter at Unbiased Blazers. In our bio, there's a link to join our Discord server where you can join in on the discussion. You can give us takes, comments, questions for us to talk about on future episodes. Now, let's get to the show. Rip City, baby. Welcome, everyone, to episode 12, I believe, right? Uh, episode 12 of the Unbiased Trailblazer podcast. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the offseason moves, the draft, what we would have liked to see if we were in charge of making decisions. And for the first time ever, we're going to talk about our favorite Blazer moments of all time. So it could be from this year or previous years. Uh, we've been saying we're going to do that for a long time, and we're finally going to do it. So let's jump right into the offseason. We've already talked about the drama with Dame, and I'm glad that he kind of came out and just shut it all down. So we're not going to really talk about anything to do with Dame wanting a trade or anything. We're past that now. Uh, let's go ahead and we... Number one thing on, I think, almost every Trailblazer fans list was to re-sign Norman Powell. We did do that for five years and 90 million, which I think is an insane great value for him to have him for five years for 18 million a year. Perfect, perfect contract. And I think finally Neil O'Shea did a good job on signing a player and getting, giving us a good contract for him. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Norman Powell situation just in general? I was really nervous for those couple hours before he actually signed because I was hoping it happened right away. So my relief when I saw the tweet that he re-signed and on such a good value too, I was so happy. Yeah, I mean, uh, insane it, value. It was perfect. Yeah, his contract is amazing uh, for what he can bring. He's sure um, some people may be skeptical because he didn't show a lot for us. But um, if he was playing in a pure position, he's for sure worth 18 million, may maybe even more. Considering what other players are receiving 18 million exactly now, this mm -hmm. day, so to get Norman Powell for 18 million, it's a uh, it's something good in the midst of average deals. Well, off the, like like you said, off the top of my head, uh, Tim Hardaway got 18 million a year for I believe four years, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm trying to think of who the other one was that had a comparable tr contract to that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. Thank you. That is the other one. So uh, me personally, I take Norman Powell over those two, either of those two. So to get him for five years and the same amount they're getting, I'm 100% fine with that. I think the reason we got him for 18 is because we gave him like, five years and I think a lot of other teams were probably giving him like 20 mil or maybe like three or four years mm -hmm. so I think like that long term security is probably what convinced him yeah and honestly he goes until he's 33 so that that last year who knows it could be rough but it's really not a big deal by that point that's the, that's the question is will we have him on our roster by that time oh yeah and it's super tradable contract too so like we it's, can get rid of it yep. if we want 
yeah, I think this is by far one of the best contracts Neil Olshay has ever done. So, uh, not hard. You don't, you don't think it's hard? Uh, no, because he's thrown some really bad contracts before. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so yeah, for it to be the best, it is very good. But for it to be the best, not saying much. But that's yeah, true. Considering the market today, man, it's an amazing deal. Uh, just I saw the other day, like Doug McDermott is now just signed a contract for fifteen million a year. Yeah, yeah. crazy. I don't know what the Spurs are doing. They gave out a lot of money. Yeah, they did. They uh, took our our boy Zach Collins for twenty two million for three years, which is insane to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love Zach. I think he's. I still think he has a bright future, but we did have to let him go. I yeah. thought he was gonna get minimum contract wherever he went. So when I saw what was it three years for twenty two or something? Yeah, that's what he would. That's what I would give him if he was healthy. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a pretty big risk by uh, San Antonio. I hope it works out for him though. So replacing Zach, essentially, uh, we signed Cody Zeller to a minimum contract, a veteran minimum for one year. I don't think there was a player option. I could be wrong, but I don't think there was. Um, so we have Cody Zeller for one year. How do you guys feel about Cody Zeller? I was very whelmed by this. Someone made a post uh, on the Reddit a couple of days ago. And then when I saw that, I was like, this seems like such a new old shape thing to do. And I was hoping that didn't actually happen. But, you know. He, I guess on the bright side, he is like roughly an average starting center. So if he's your backup, that's pretty good. But he's injury prone. He doesn't really do any specific thing very well. He's like an okay guy all around. I feel like there were probably some better options, but for a minimum, I mean, you can't really complain. Um. Yeah. Uh, there's something interesting about this because um, from the topic that we are going to do after of our ideal off seasons. I did one now and one like four days ago. And uh, the four days ago, I actually signed Cody Zeller for the bench. So I was really surprised. And um, I really like the player. Um, I didn't have him like when I signed Cody Zeller, it was just filler. And in real life, he's probably our best signing. So that's not the ideal scenario I, I did. So. But yeah, I like the player. He's good off the bench. He's he's way better than Cantor for us. He'll be way more positive. I I watched a few games for Charlotte. He was very good in all of them. It's just an underrated player to say the least. Yeah, I think as far as what we need from him, I think he can provide it for us. And out for of sure. veterans minimum, that's perfect. Yeah. I I don't need. He's gonna be coming off the bench. We don't need him to average. You know. 10, 15 points and, you know, 10, 15 rebounds. We don't need that. We just need him to come in, hold the paint down, you know, get the defensive rebounds and contest shots. And I think that's something that Cantor wasn't very, wasn't doing very well, was coming in and holding the paint down. I don't think he'll need as much help on defense as Cantor did. So I think it, Cody Zeller fits pretty well. It's obviously not, you know, a big time, big name and a big move that's going to make everyone go crazy. But I think it's for what we could do. I think it's a perfect move. Yeah, yeah. When you think about it like that, like all we really need in um, from our bench, especially the bench center, we just need him to hold his ground, not give up too many points, and I think he can do that. Um, so that's why, like, I'm not upset about it in any way. I was just whelmed. That's the that's the best yeah. way about it. Yeah, I get it. And you know, 
with with Cody Zeller, you brought up the point he hasn't been healthy, and that's the biggest issue. If he's not healthy for us, then even even though it's a veteran minimum, we mm-hmm. we are investing in him to be there for us, and we need him there. Now losing Zach Collins, losing Carmelo, most likely I'm going to assume Enos Cantor does not come back to us. We're now Giles down. Too. And Giles, true. Yeah, and Giles. I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Hopefully, I, I would like to see him come back, but who knows. Uh, so the next, the next player that was kind of quietly added, and we still don't know much about it, is Ben McLemore. And I'm actually... I kind of like I kind of like it. I don't think it's a bad ad, honestly. I'm assuming it's going to be for a minimum deal. I don't think it's going to be for anything more than that. Um, but I think coming off the bench, I think he can help a little bit at least. Maybe it's you know ten ten minutes, but I think it's I, I don't think he's terrible. So um, I didn't like this one at all for a couple different reasons. First of all. Uh, he's only six three, so he's an undersized shooting guard. If you play him at small forward, like that's just not working out no matter what. Um, he's a good shooter, but he's not a great shooter either. Last year it was thirty nine percent, but like other than that, um, oh sorry, last year was thirty seven percent, and uh, he's career thirty six. So he had a couple years of forty where like that kind of brings up his career average, but overall he's just like above average shooter. He's not a great shooter. Um, he's not really a good defender. And honestly, if he's seeing the floor when we have Dame, probably CJ, Norm, and Simons, I don't think there's a reason for him to see the floor. And if we don't really need that much depth at the guard, I would have wanted to get another center. Or if we were going to get a guard, I would have wanted a playmaking backup point guard because mm-hmm. playmaking on the bench unit was kind of an issue last year. Um, so yeah, I just like he's a fine player, but I think his skills are extremely redundant with our current roster. And and I, I just want to add, I don't think he's gonna get much playing time unless injuries happen. But I, I'm okay with him being one of those depth players that we just have at the end of the bench, and if we need need it, he's there. Uh, yeah. Um, I agree with Fowat here. He he's clearly getting brought to be a three, and he's undersized, and we've got enough shooting guards making small forwards right now. That's true. Yeah. It just adds up. Um, I would be way happier if we got the news that um, Ronde got resigned. But uh, seeing uh, Ben McLemore, I don't know if that's happened. I think Ronde has shown more in his last season and has shown he can play uh, with this roster. So I think it'd be a smarter signing for now. But yeah, I don't hate it. I don't really have a huge opinion on it. If he's a reserve, I'm okay with it, but I think there's other reserves I'd rather have than Michael Moore. And it also comes down to if it is a vet minimum, then I I would be okay with it. If it's any more than that, then that's where I would probably have an issue with it. So uh, I think they have said that it was a minimum. Did they? Okay. I haven't seen that yet. Um one last little little thing and it's not very big not a big deal. We signed Tony Snell. Pretty much all he is is a sharp shooter. He just shoots threes. For, I've watched very little of him, but I have watched games of him, and he sits in the corner, and he'll hit the threes if he's open. So I don't know if you guys have anything to add to it. I'm not too... It doesn't do anything for me either way. I, he's yeah. just a three-point shooter. 
He's just there to bank the shot. Not much to do. He can't shot create. He's not. He's a better defender than Melo, I'd say. I'd say he. He kinda is the opposition of Melo leaving. But yeah, other than 3 point shooting, he doesn't got much. But uh, I think it's a decent signing, considering all we do is spot up shoot. Let's bring possibly the best spot up shooter in the league, percentage wise. Yeah, I actually really like this one. Um, so, like, what we talked about with Ben McLemore, I think Tony Snell just brings that and more. He's taller. He's, I think, 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, maybe. Um, he's a better shooter. He shot, like, insane, like, 55% from three last year or something. Um, 56? Yeah, like, that's ridiculous. And it was for, like, a... like a He played a lot, too, so it wasn't just a small sample size. Um so, like, even with him, I don't think he'll play too much. But if he does, I think he can bring a lot. Uh, like, he's an open shooter. He'll knock down the shot. Um, you need one of those guys. And I think he does that better than Ben McLemore. And, like, if we – if I would have been fine if we kept McLemore and t uh, gave Tony Snell's spot to someone else. But between the two who are – and they play kind of similarly, I definitely prefer uh, Tony Snell. And I, and I actually would agree with you. I know I said I like Ben, ben McLemore. <laughs> Um, but if it came down to, between Tony Snell or Ben McLemore, I would pick Tony Snell to go in. Um, he's taller. He's a better shooter. <clears throat> I think defense-wise, they're probably about the same as far as yeah. The, Tony Snell doesn't. Yeah, Tony Snell doesn't move very well, so that's the his length makes up for it a little bit. But other than that. I like Tony Snow, and I think it's good to have three-point shooters that are shooting as well as he is. So hopefully that continues, uh, and he shoots well for us. And then in the NBA draft, we there wasn't much action for us. We ended up trading into the second round and drafting Greg Brown the third. I don't know much about him, so if you guys know anything or feel like you want to say anything, go ahead. I don't really know much too much about him. I don't know much about him either, but his highlight reels are fun to watch. That is true. Um, but he's he's clearly very raw. But Olshay is a pretty good um, drafter for the second round. So if he pans out, it won't be anytime soon. It'll be like three, four years down the line. But it's possible that he does become like a rotation player in his prime. Yeah. And it doesn't really affect us like anytime soon. Yeah. I yeah, think the uh, when... bigger reason for it was to lower the um, what's called like our tax bill because undrafted rookies get a smaller amount than like other vetments. So I think that was probably the biggest reason why we did that. Yeah, um, when I saw that we got a pick, I was kind of hoping we were the team that would bet on Sharif, and uh, he fell for like fifty six or something. Uh, that was completely crazy. But yeah, uh, decent uh, pick. Um, I think um, the basis on this pick is uh, maybe Chauncey being a good uh, skills coach. And the boys just thought about it and said, let's just try and bring the best physical guy we have available. And let's see what Chauncey can do with him. And uh, Greg is definitely, uh, was definitely the most a physical player left in the board and yeah let's see what Chauncey can make of him that that is a good point um let's also I know we didn't talk about this at all before but uh 
Mike, I know you've got someone in the draft that got drafted, and why don't you just give us a little rundown of, I know you said you know him, so just give us a little rundown on him. Yeah, um, I actually kind of play with him. Uh, we were on the same team, but uh, we we did the same practices. He played on the team with a couple of my friends. And uh, I played on that club for like two weeks, not much, but uh, I, I kind of sucked at it at basketball, not going to lie. But yeah, he was, at the time, he was not particularly good because he was growing very fast, like, um, and um, his movements were all clunky and he had his knees, like, bent, bending correctly and shit. So he was not, we weren't even looking at him as, as a better player. He's, we would, we just saw him as the tall guy, but then uh, as he got older, he got way better moving, and uh, he went actually went to the best club in Portugal. Controversial thing I'm saying here, but he went to the best club in Portugal, and they corrected everything that he had bad. Like he had a terrible shooting form. They got him a shooting form there, and uh, he had uh, he couldn't run. He couldn't really stand firmly and when he went there he just got corrected on everything and uh yeah when he went to utah it was right after the first game i i watched with a couple of friends a watch party and we knew that it, it was time for finally a portuguese man to make it to the league and what better way than a guy we know from probably the richest city of basketball here in portugal and yeah, just an elite shot blocker. I'd say the best shot blocker in the draft uh, after Ivan Mobley. And um, he's got some offense game too. He can rebound the ball. He's got actually a decent mid-range shot. He can actually get like 30% of his threes mid-game. So yeah, a very, very good pick in the second round by Sacramento. I'm not saying this because he's my friend. I'm saying this because he's... Definitely not a second-round player considering his defensive status. But uh, I think defense gets swept a lot during these days. Like when Dikembe Mutombo averaged three blocks on college, he was a top draft pick. And Nemesh uh, Keta uh, averaged three blocks on college and was a second-round pick. So I don't know. We, we got to see his playing tonight. I'm going to watch it for sure. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Which is yeah, awesome. Just, it's awesome. Yeah, it's actually, like, amazing. That's insane. But uh, even yeah. before you told us about him, I was actually looking at second-round picks, like, who... Because uh, we, we were reported to trade into the second round even a couple of days before the draft. So I was looking at people who I kind of would be interested in. And he caught my eye. I was like, I hope we trade in early second round and draft him. So we just missed him by a couple of picks. But I would have liked him if... Uh, he could be a nice long-term project for us, but hopefully he does good for Sacramento instead. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would have been crazy if we ended up signing him. Damn! Can you imagine <laughs> me getting Melo one year in Boisers, <laughs> getting my friend on the Boisers? That's too much. <clears throat> too much. So we're gonna hop to our next subject here. Uh, if we were in control, if we were the GM and we were making the decisions, who would we try to sign? Who would we try to trade? If we, you know, if we could try. Um, I'll do mine just real quick because I want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, if 
if it was up to me, I kind of like the picks we made. The one pick I would have liked to try to go for, and I don't know if we did or not, was Otto Porter Jr. And it sounds like he was dead set on going to Golden State anyway, so I don't know if it would have mattered with our mid-level. But um, I would have loved to have him on our team. I think that would have checked so many boxes for us if we could have got him. Um, and then obviously, of course, who we need to trade the moment we signed Norman Powell, in my mind, I'm trying to get CJ for somebody. Somebody that's going to help us. I really, really, really would love to get Pascal Siakam, but I don't think that's going to happen now. Um, at this point, I'm still okay with Ben Simmons. I think re-signing Norman Powell and letting him play the two, I think Ben Simmons will be helpful for us. But my big goal was Siakam and... Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, Fawad, if you were the GM, what, what would you be going for? So, um, I just want to touch on Otto Porter really quickly. I've wanted him on Portland for I don't even know how long, like three Me or too. four years. So, Me too. Like, he's, he feels like he'd be such a perfect fit. So, that would have been someone I would have loved, but I didn't think we were, we were really able to get him because I thought he would go for more than what we had. We only had like six mils. I thought he would go for like 10. I thought so he so wasn't too. really on my list. He ended up signing a minimum. Did not expect that. Um, yeah, so my number one target was uh, Nerlens Noel. He's a really good defensive center. I think for a backup, uh, he. I don't know if there was a better center in, on the market. Um, he, I was scared that our, we didn't have enough money for him, and he did go for, I think, uh, three years, 32 maybe. So yeah, we couldn't have offered him that much. But... If we were able to get him somehow, I think that would have been an absolutely like perfect pickup for us. So after we didn't get him, um, like I knew that I wanted two centers at least. We've only signed one like so far with Cody Zeller. So I would have thought either Javale and Robin Lopez, um, maybe like one of those two, maybe both, but uh, like one pure center, so like one of those two, and then one someone who can play the four and the five. And we've said we um Jason Quick said we're interested in uh what's his name? Paul Millsap. So I think even though he is pretty old now, I still think that would be a good pick. Um and then I think I said it earlier in the podcast, but I really wanted a, a backup point guard as well. So like just I, I don't really have a name in mind. Everyone I saw it seemed to be either like too expensive or not good enough. So I don't know if there was like someone out there that fit us, but that was my three picks, a backup point guard, um, a center like Noel or Robin Lopez, and then a four or five and Millsap fits that. Um, and then as for trades, you said exactly my thoughts. I don't want to get into like the specific trades because that could be like its whole episode. But basically CJ has to go for a big man or like a wing and Siakam is definitely my number one option. I don't care if it takes like all four of our picks. I think I would make that trade. Um, but yeah, like you said, I don't think it's happening. Toronto really has no reason to be interested in CJ. So my, without getting into too much of the like trade details, I think my next option would be Tobias Harris for a CJ trade. I like that. Um, and then I've seen a couple of people say they like they'd be fine with a starter and a role player, which I would be fine with too. I just don't think Neil Shea would go for it or something like that. I mean, he's held out this long, so yeah, I think he wants a big name. Yeah. Yeah. Um. As I said before, I did two scenarios: one before free agency started, and 
I didn't really have a basis on what to go on, um, considering the contracts they're going for. And I did mm -hmm. one, uh, right, like one hour ago with some updated, but some of them are the same players. So the first one, um, which I did four days ago, uh, the first thing I do, uh, well, the first thing I, everyone does is resign Norman for, of course. And, um, the second thing I do is trade CJ, uh, to the Pelicans for Josh Hart. Whoa. Uh, and sign and trade Derek Jones too to the Pelicans for Josh Hart. Uh, and this is opening a space. Of course, this is kind of unrealistic, but, uh, I gotta try it. Uh, opening the space uh, to sign Kawhi Leonard to a $40 million contract. <laughs> and uh, that way, the lineup would look something like Damian Lillard, Norman Paul, Kawhi, Rocco, and Nurkic, which is living in a dreamland, let's be honest. But uh, I think dumping the, the CJ contract, and he'd actually be good for the Pelicans because they need that guard. So it wouldn't be really be dumping, but uh, we get Josh Hart back just to be a, a nice depth player. And yeah, sign Kawhi, sign Patty Mills to a two-year, two $12 million contract. And uh, sign, as I said before, Cody Zeller, which uh, unfortunately, very unfortunately, is the only thing I got right on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the second one I did is kind of more realistic. Um, of course, let everybody walk. Uh, Melo, Cantor, Derek, Collins, Giles, Blevins, Leaf. And uh, start off with the trade. Uh, start off with the Norman signing and start off with the trade. Uh, CJ McCollum, Anthony Simons, CJ Allaby. This year's first, 26 second and 24 Atlanta second uh, for Ben Simmons. Uh, uh, it may seem like a lot, but they're asking for a lot, and I think Ben is the perfect target right now for us. And uh, it's probably the only realistic one at this point. That's that's why I did this one updated. He's probably the only re realistic top target we can get for for CJ and adding Ant, LB, and uh, and a few picks might tip the bucket for that. Um, other deals I did here uh, were. Sign Robin Lopez, which is a guy that I was really high on. Uh, sign George Hill, uh, sign and trade, in, included in the 76ers trade. Get uh, Justin Swinslow in a $30 million, $30 million uh, three years. Because Justice is a good defender. He, he can even bring playmaking in, in the four. He's a very good player. And uh, then sign... Of the summer league, uh, Kenneth Farid and Michael Beasley, and uh, sign Kendrick Nunn for two years, ten million dollars. That be the, for me, the ideal scenario. Of course, I like the Kawhi more, but uh, let's be real. <laughs> uh, that would be the ideal scenario. We'd we'd run with something like, uh, Dame, um, uh, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Ben Simmons, and Nurkic, and off the bench. We could have Kendrick Nunn, Rondé, Justice Winslow, and uh, Nasir Little to tip it off, and uh, and George Hill, and uh, I think that would be a very good lineup. Actually, not very unrealistic because 
all the players I picked actually moved, so they were keen on moving. I didn't pick any guy who resigned or that had a place in his mind. It's just players that were ringing for offers and we could have went for him, but we didn't, and this is what I would would have done. Well, damn, Mike, you went in on that one. Yeah. You had it all played out. I had some grudges holding here. <laughs> so before we wrap this all up and get to our Blazer moments, let's just give a quick little farewell to Mike's homeboy, uh, Carmelo. He decided to go to the Lakers. Uh, Mike, why don't you just let us know how you're feeling right now? Yeah, uh, when Mel came to, came to the Blazers, it was kind of a perfect marriage for me. Because my favorite player and my favorite team, and especially when, actually, my favorite team and my my favorite player really needed each other. Because Melo was out of the league for like one year, and uh, we were starting Anthony Tolliver. So uh, it was kind of mutual interest for both. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, he did exactly what I hoped uh, in the league back in the voices, which is... Regain his name, proof he can still do it. And now he's joining his boy, LeBron James. Uh, I never thought I'd be supporting a LeBron James game ever in my life. But every game not against the Blazers, I'll be rooting for them. Uh, after Mel leaves, I go back hating the Lakers. But uh, yeah, I just... I earlier did a... Did a, a bet with a friend. He said uh, if I win a... If... Uh, Melo wins a ring. He, I gotta get a, a Lakers tattoo, with with Melo's name, the L of the Lakers, like like my picture. Uh-oh. So yeah, that'll be dangerous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's go. I'm excited for it. So, go for it. I just got some horrible flashbacks when you uh, talked about Anthony Tolliver when he oh, yeah. started a couple games yeah, for us yeah. at center. That was that's a bad word like to say that. around here. Yeah. <laughs> That and Raymond Feld, those are two bad words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least Tolliver was a good guy, though. That's true. Nice. That is true. He's going to work out. Smiley guy on the court. That is true. So we're going to move to our, finally, our top three, or our top Blazer moments. Each of us are going to give one. I think a lot of us probably thought of the very first thing that came to our mind was, obviously, Lillard hitting that shot over OKC. So I just figured instead of us all saying the same thing, let's just all quickly just how you felt when that happened, and I'll start off. I remember watching that game, and I always put my chair really close to the TV in the living room, and my wife sits behind me while I watch it, and I'm yelling at the TV, telling them what they need to do, like that's helping them. And I remember it was late at night. I think it was like 10, 1030 at night, and I remember him like standing there, dribbling, not moving, and I'm like, how crazy of a game he's been having. This is for 50 points. He's going he's gonna to make this shot. He's going to hit this. And Paul George is right in his face. And he pulls up and just drills it. And I ran around my living room probably 30 times. My dog's chasing me around. I'm going crazy. And my wife looks at me and goes, I, I wish I was recording that because I lost my mind. It was, without a doubt, one of the best shots I've ever seen. And it was so exciting. And to, to wave Westbrook and the Thunder goodbye and how much Westbrook was talking trash all series long. It was just, obviously a lot of people, that's their favorite moment. And that's a really high one for me, but just, you, you can't even like you reap every time you watch it, you're just, you're still in amazement of what he was doing that game. And it was just crazy. How did you guys feel about that game? I like, 
a lot of it was the same as you going into that series. I didn't have a lot of expectations because we lost Nurk, and I thought Nurk is, uh, you know, he is one of the biggest, like, one of the best players on the team. So I didn't have much hope uh, without him. I thought it might go to seven, and either one of us would win. So when we're up 3-1, so I was already happy. And then that last shot, when he's just dribbling out the clock, I'm like, what is he doing? There's, like, two seconds left. Like, hurry up and drive or just take a closer three or something. And this guy just pulled up from 37 feet, and I, my, like, jaw was on the floor, and it went in. I was like, oh, I was just stunned. I, I didn't run around or anything. I was just like, did that really just happen? Did I witness, like, that shot? I, I uh, It was like a storybook ending. It was, it was just perfect in every way. Yeah, uh, I had a similar reaction to Alex right there. I <laughs> broke my gaming chair because I instantly started jumping together with my chair. And uh, before, um, I wasn't optimistic about the shot. I was actually feeling really like we were had such an amazing night and now he's got Paul George on him. But uh, I I learned that night to never not trust Lillard. So Never. Yeah. Best shot I've ever seen in basketball, for sure. After a couple of male ones, of course. But yeah, amazing shot. And, and I mean... Go ahead, Fouad. Go ahead. You go ahead. I, I mean, he has changed the way I look at basketball. There's not a shot that he takes that I don't think he can make. Yeah, and it's insane. Sure. And uh, Paul George yeah. was the same way because Paul George said that was a bad shot and then he changed his mind real quick after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's literally no shot on the court that I wouldn't be okay with Dame taking. Um, That's, that goes for Lillard only... and Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Lamb only against Toronto, though. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. when he hit the two-game winner. Um, but yeah, uh, other than other other than the other than the OKC game five, um, one of my all-time favorite Blazer moments was that same year, the next round. Um, honestly, I was I was really between game uh three and seven. I think I'm gonna go with game three that I preferred a little bit more, which is a four a four OT one. Right. Um. Like I'm in the East Coast, so I, I don't even remember what time it was. Maybe like 2 a.m. By the time we hit 4 OT, and I was just like, "Yo, like we can't go to 4 OTs just to lose." I was, I was already like so devastated. I was like, "Please pull out this win!" And then you see Jokic playing 65 minutes, and he's still Insane. running up and down the court. I was like, "How is this possible?" And then you see Rodney Hood come in. He like hopped onto the court. He he was skipping down the court, and he hit a couple shots, and then he hit that big three. That was. I was losing my mind. I was like, that's when I was like, hey, whatever happens with Rodney Head with the rest, if he doesn't re-sign after that, I'm fine. He's automatically a Blazers legend. Yep, that was a great game. Mike, what do you got? uh, My favorite moment. Uh, I gotta go in. I don't know, it's tough. Y'all robbed me of some good moments, but uh, all time, (laughs) I gotta go... With uh, the Brandon Roy game mm. winner. Wait, no. Against Houston? I might go with Dame Lillard game winner. I don't know. There... <laughs> it's too much. It's too much emotion right now. But uh, yeah, I'll go with the 
Uh, Brandon Roy game winner against Houston Rockets. Absolute legendary shot. I just, I just miss that man. You know, even though he'd probably be a min a minimum vet right now, I just miss that man. And uh, yeah, very tough to talk about it. But yeah, uh, props to the Lillard game winning shot too. Um, and a recent moment. There, there's a funny story because um. I literally saw every game this season live, and I missed uh, when Carmelo dropped 17 points in the fourth quarter. That was the only game I didn't watch because I had stuff to do, and uh, I, I went to a, a party night out, and I usually come back earlier to see the Blazers, which is like 3 a.m., so it makes sense. But yeah, that night I stayed, I didn't watch, and I saw Melo like before the fourth quarter. He was like six points Oh. Then I, I didn't miss much. Uh, we were losing, and then, uh, then I go, I get back home. I go on Discord. I have like seven tags in the Discord, <laughs> and uh, it's just it was just a crazy moment. But because I didn't watch that live, I'll go with a mellow game winner versus the Raptors. That oh, was yep. that. That was that. I'm back, and uh, perfect moment. It, it almost made me cry. But yeah. I was actually at that game. I'm from Toronto. Damn. So I saw that game in person. And I saw Melo before the game, like, two feet away from me. Not two, Damn. maybe, like, ten feet away from me. Uh, Want to continue on this rampage to make me fucking jealous? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to talk to him or anything. I just saw him waiting for an elevator, and I took a picture of him, of him, not with him. Yeah, uh, hopefully, <laughs> probably... 2022-2023 season is his last season, so I'm thinking of going to the States and watching the game. So, you brought up Brandon Roy's shot against Houston. Funny story. Trace McGrady, obviously, is my all-time favorite player. Yeah. I got offered free tickets to go to that game, but I only... I had a girlfriend at the time, and I was only offered one ticket, and I decided... I don't want to go unless she can go. So I said no to that ticket. So not only did I miss watching Tracy play, and actually I think that was the last time he was actually really good. That was the last time he played there where he was really good. I also missed that shot. And knowing that I could have been there, it drives me crazy to know I missed that because that was insane. Um, For me, I'll just do it real quick. Mine is actually, I decided to go with Brandon Roy and it was the game four against Dallas Mavericks. It's actually... Pretty much the first time I watched the Blazers and was like, you know what? Once Tracy's gone, this is my team. Even though it's their, my local team, I'm like, this is who I want to watch. We were down by 20, I think it was at one point. And Brandon Roy, just with no knees and just on his last legs, made this in sync. And if you guys have not seen it, go on YouTube and just type in Game 4 Brandon Roy. It is one of the most crazy comebacks I've ever seen in playoff history. Just making every shot, getting fouled, hitting four-point plays, just everything that he needed to do. Kind of like what Lillard was doing uh, that one game against Denver last this year. It just was insane. And that was the part where I was like, I'm a Blazer fan. This is Brandon Roy is amazing, and he's got no knees, and he's doing this. And unfortunately, I think that was probably the last game, great game that he ever had with us. But it was so fun to watch, and I just... When I think back to it, it, it gets me all excited again because it was just insane to watch. Yeah, uh, this game four versus Dallas. Yes. Uh, 
I think I have some recollection of this, but I never revisited it. I'm oh, I it. yeah, I tell you, I, watch it. It is insane what he does. It is crazy. Yeah. You guys have anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I'm done. Uh, I don't think so. We just have one rush spot left. We'll see yep. what happens with that. One, one left, and we still have that mid-level exception. So we'll see. Actually, I think we have one or two. Like it's up to if we want to get to fifteen. I don't think yeah. we will go to fifteen. We'll just stay at fourteen. So yeah. just one left then. Well, I appreciate everyone stopping in, and we're you know we finally got to our blazer moments, and we're going to continue that, and we'll do more blazer moments later on. Um, but. For now, we just went with one each, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. As always, join our Discord, follow us on Twitter, give us stuff to talk about, talk with us. Um, we're here. We're just here to have a good time. Uh, I want to thank My Life Pursuing for the song tonight. Uh, I am trying, Jennifer. Check them out on all the Spotify, iTunes, Apple, everything. I think it's everywhere, so just check it out. And as always, Rip City, baby.